0: This is a podcast by The Straits Times. What are we on? Now? <laughs> Already a minute and a half because you your messing around. Welcome to the double... Marina, aquamarina. Three. Go on. Two. Oh, fine.
1: Welcome to the Double Feature Movie Podcast, coming to you from the pool area of the SPH Pleasure Dome. I'm Chow Suen, and this week we've got with us Jonathan Roberts. Hello.
0: Hello there.
1: So this week, we dived into the waters of the latest DC film, Aquaman, an adventure into the watery realms of Atlantis.
0: Aquaman, Aquaman, does whatever an aqua can. Okay, fine. Before we dive in, the plot. The plot. Okay, well, the plot is that Aquaman, Arthur Curry, uh, he is played by Jason Momoa, of course. He's the half-blood prince of the underwater kingdom of Atlantis. And he's been reluctant to take up his throne so far. He's been living on land, helping out people in a seafaring way. Anyway, he must step forward to overthrow his bloodthirsty, power hungry half brother, Prince Orm. Uh, Prince Orm is, hates the land lovers. He hates the people above the water. Uh, and he is looking to wreak devastation upon the land. And water. Yeah, I suppose a bit of the water as well. He's looking yeah. for a make a power grab downstairs underwater. He's looking to kind of unite the realms of the underwater kingdoms by negotiation
1: and a lot of killing.
0: Yes, yeah. So, what did you think of it?
1: Water down, perhaps? <laughs> is the best way I can describe my first impression of the film. It was so confusing, don't you think? With, it, was, it had so many random storylines tangled into one, and none of them really reached their full potential. I mean, I watched it with my family, and I don't think any of us were really blown away. What did you think?
0: Yeah, I was not looking forward to it, um, because it's two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I think more directors who feel that you know, two and a half hours is a good length need to watch their film in a public theatre, and see how hard two and a half hours can be, whether it's bum or, indeed, just having to watch it with other people.
1: Public theatres, what a bougie person you are. What a what? <laughs> bougie. That's that's millennial for bourgeois.
0: Oh, OK. All <laughs> the think m- showing. I think... I think millennials should go back to using bourgeois. Well, then again, nobody should use bourgeois. Okay, okay, back to the movie. (laughs) What did you think? Okay, so it wasn't my idea of a good time, but I really enjoyed it. Did you now? Yeah. No, it was really good. And the main reason is they've made a really good decision by getting James Wan in. And he is a guy who's, you know, an alum of the Fast and Furious franchise. And ever since Fast and Furious 5, this is a franchise that, has been knowingly dumb and lead into it. And in James Wern's particular episode, I think it was the seventh one, he had a sports car crashing through two or three skyscrapers in Dubai. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that gives you some clue. And in this, yeah, it's big, it's dumb. And I think part of it is that it needed to be. Because this has been a really difficult character's crack. Aquaman has always been the joke character of the DC universe. And, you know, they've ventured away from the original version, which was the blonde-haired, very Aryan-style fellow in the green tights who talks to fishes. And when Zack Snyder came in, he gave him more of a surfer dude kind of thing, brought Jason Momoa in as Arthur Curry. Basically, he saw Jason Momoa in Game of Thrones and said, yeah, I want Aquaman to be a Dothraki. Yeah, it's it's got pretty much the same thing. Except the surprise was mm-hmm. is that Jason Momoa is extremely charming. He and is can so do likable. this yeah. really well. Uh, yeah, and then it's big, dumb fun. The thing that I most liken it to is that for people of my era, my age, <coughs> again, your youth disgusts me.
1: <laughs> Continue.
0: <laughs> and can you tell your youth to go outside? <laughs> A, a classic film of my era that's got a lot of props recently is Flash Gordon, directed by Mike Hodges. Super camp, very much in that Barbarella th- style from the 60s. And Aquaman is actually the closest thing we've had to a proper remake of that.
1: It was it was campy, I'll give you that. It's camp,
0: and it, it's got this kind of like realm of thr- thrones and, you know, whatever else it is, but with hyper, hyper visuals, you know, so the, the colors like suddenly go zung. The visual Yeah. And the, this, it, a complete world is created. Yeah, I liked it. And I was able to sit two and a half hours through it. In fact, two and a half hours plus the bit to the end to try and wait for the end, end credits. credits thing. Despite extreme bum numbness. Yeah, so the seats weren't comfortable, but two and a half hours, it flew by, which is a, a, an achievement.
1: I must agree. Like, I I walked in, I checked my watch, and when I walked out, I, I was surprised at how late it got in. It's, it does immerse you that way, I think.
0: Okay, but seeing as you don't like it particularly, I mean, two and a half flies by, but you don't like it. How?
1: I feel like it was immersive, and it was really easy to watch, but the cheesy scenes were just so overly cheesy. Well, Especially yeah, the, but I mean, this the leans into the cheese. Scenes, yeah, I don't care that it's... So like my my dad was actually saying that oh, it was really cheesy, and I was like, maybe they're going for that, but I feel like if they, if they were going for that, they weren't quite cheesy enough. They were just in that weird in between where especially the romance scenes i I didn't mind so much that like the family scenes and the the fight scenes were cheesy. I feel like okay that. Fair enough. But I felt like the romance was just so gross and cheesy and just like overdone and unrealistic. And it just made me feel so uncomfortable, especially in that battle scene where they just like, everyone was fighting around them. and s- But somehow they were just able to just make out in front of all these, like, it was not yeah, cute. Yeah,
0: but I mean, that's just a heightened reality, isn't it?
1: Yeah, but what is it supposed to achieve? It, it didn't give me the awe. It didn't give me the ooh. It just kind of made me feel like, huh?
0: To be honest, it is a strange relationship. Okay, I mean, there's a few strange relationships in this. So when it starts out, and by the way, if we haven't said it it's already, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> it starts off with the story of how Arthur Curry's mum, who is Atlanta, played by Nicole Kidman, and his dad, Tom, I believe, uh, played by Tamura Morrison, a well-renowned uh, New Zealand actor. It, it didn't quite sync, but it was alright. You know, it wasn't the worst thing. But then you get to Amber Heard, who we last saw in Justice League.
1: She has an awful wig in the movie, though. It was so bad.
0: There was a lack of charm between Momoa and and Amber Heard.
1: Yeah, like the transition from when they were bickering and when they were, like, supposedly in love, just wasn't there and it just felt so
0: weird. But... Essentially, Je- Jason Momoa is driving this thing. Oh, completely. he's incredible. Yeah. Although, again, when he first appears on that submarine, so there's a submarine rescue as uh, Black Manta, or just Manta, as he's known. There's a, a group of mercenaries that attack this Russian submarine. Uh, the lead, uh, called Manta, is played by Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, and his dad, Michael Beach. In, in between this raid on a submarine, they, they step out from the action a little bit just have a heart to heart at which point you kind of realise one of you's gonna die <laughs> especially when a dad says I've always wanted you to have this oh you're gonna die dad <laughs> you're gonna die bad he kind of dies because Aquaman Arthur Curry comes on board now the weird thing about this is that usually when a hero turns up you will know, remember like uh, when Captain America turns up in Infinity War you know someone throws something, he catches it, and he steps out of the shadows and you have da 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 you know, the big music sting. Jason Momoa has this, but he has it two or three times. So the focus of this is that, you know, it does some piece of action and then the camera zooms into his face and he just, like glares with that, you know, prominent brow and you know the kind of look in his eyes. And you get this power chord and it happens two or three times. So he gets basically he gets introdu- introduced visually more times than he actually needs to. See, too cheesy. So after this is when you start getting the sharks being ridden, roaring sharks, I should say, and underwater dragon seahorses. That
1: that like, kind of that kind of cheese I appreciate. Like that was amazing.
0: You like that cheese?
1: Yeah, like I. I I don't so
0: for you, it's only the romance that doesn't yeah, work.
1: Yeah, but, it, but it, they scatter it so frequently throughout the movie that every time I'm just starting to enjoy it, there's some stupid love sequence, and I'm just like, nobody
0: cares, get on with it. I genuinely think you were watching a different movie because I did not see that many love sequences. I mean, it goes all over the place, and it plays like a greatest hits of many other action scenes. There is a bit later on where they are being attacked. A lot of this is a quest film. They're Mm. questing for the great king, Atland. So they're looking for his trident that will unite everyone and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And there's a scene where they get attacked by lots of zombie fish people
1: kind of thing. The trench.
0: Yeah. See, that's the problem. He drops down and it's a fantastic moment where he drops down. He he carries a flare because they don't like light and they're attacking this little troll at night. That's actually very reminiscent of a scene from Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Ironically, with this being a Half Blood Prince.
1: But yeah. No, but it was visually quite impactful. I thought it was a really nice scene because there is this red light and they're just sort of like surging through these, like the sea of monsters.
0: I think the action scenes work really well. There are lots of them. I don't think that the final battle worked well. Your issue with it is that they stopped and had a kiss with all the fireworks going on behind them. I, my issue is that. It was too much of everything happening at once. By the way, can I just blow your mind? What? You know the creature that tries to stop Arthur as Mm. he's about to get the trident? Mm. Do you know who voiced that? No. Mary Poppins. (laughs) No way. It is Julie Andrews. Julie Andrews voicing the Carathon.
1: That is amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's astounding. <gasps> no, I just need
1: to watch it again just to hear that. She bit.
0: refused to do Mary Poppins Returns, and she's she voices the character. I was thinking, who is this?
1: That's quite amazing. Interesting. So you,
0: Actually, get, you get a lot in this. You you yeah. get an origin film, you get everything else.
1: Which is, which was my problem with it. I felt that there were so many elements, they were all like it was neither really a good quest movie nor a really good origins movie. It kind of tried to do so many little things that it all just got so watered down and all packed in it. At some point I was just like, "What the bleeping world is supposed to be happening here?" And you're not mm. sure what to focus on at every, at every given point. Like, so much of the movie is so much crammed into a small section of time that it just felt really confusing. And I, I just kept losing track of what was supposed to be happening.
0: But again, with other films, it would great. There's something about the level of charm that's be, been imbued in this that carried it along. Part of it is Jason Momoa. He's very similar to Chris Pratt's first turn as Star Lord. You know, he's a guy who has abilities, but clearly, he still needs a bit of teaching going on. And in this he doesn't have all the answers. He has to be rescued from these things. He is a I was gonna say a fish out of water. He's he's uh a cat in water. Okay. Is it if no. he's in the water, then he's a fish out of water, cat in the water. Cat in the water. Cats don't like water. But he's he's not No, maybe not. <laughs> But yeah, he, get he, he's out of his depth in a lot of this. So he's, yeah. he's waiting for Amber Heard to rescue him.
1: No, but you're right. I feel like Jason Momoa in this one, he really is a breakout star. Like he plays the bad boy, the sort of like disgruntled, grumpy, sort of like lumberjack type so well. But then in the scene where he's all like, I am the superhero. And then Nicole Kidman walks out. He goes, mom.
0: Yeah, he and broke it, down into a human very well.
1: <laughs> and it was so good. Like right after the movie for the rest of the evening, my dad just kept going, mom. And he was so amused by it. He just thought it was so funny because in that moment, it just, the disjunct was just so good. It was, yeah, His the acting on his part was really just top notch. I would agree that the action was good and the visuals were good and Jason Momoa was amazing. But the storyline itself, just for me, was just too much going on. It just,
0: yeah, it was. Who would have thought that you'd be the Grinch at Christmas about this? It's not about that. It's just, it was, it was not... I was ready to go in and hate this with a vengeance and let it turn... See, then that's Then it the ruined thing. my day by proving to be very enjoyable. I had high hopes. I was
1: like, okay, you know what? DC's potentially final chance at making something work. You know, maybe this one will be good. And then it was just so much... Like, it it did so many things, but did none of them well, I think.
0: Oh, wow. That's harsh. You'd not see this again. <sighs> Or would it be a kind of. I'll watch it on Netflix and.
1: I'll watch it again just to hear Julie Andrews.
0: Okay, so essentially that is a a yes. No, I'll tell you what, that's a all right (laughs) for Aquaman for me, and it's a oh no. (laughs) I wouldn't go so far as oh no, but I'll go it's
1: all right. Same word, different meaning.
0: Of course, you might have noticed at this time of year that there's something in the air. That something is fake snow. And the flu bug. And the flu bug. Yes, it is indeed Christmas time is here again.
1: Don't sound so unhappy about it. I
0: can't stand Christmas. Grinch. But... I do quite like Christmas movies. So as a bit of a different thing, instead of a film that is currently out, we thought we'd just have a look at some of our favourite Christmas movies. What is a film that you always pick out to watch at Christmas? Is it, do you have a go-to film? It's around Christmas time, it's time to watch this.
1: So you already know how I feel about Bridget Jones' Diary.
0: Well, if listeners don't, do check out our episode about The Nutcracker. It's in there. Full rant about Colin Firth and Hugh Grant included.
1: It is a very festive movie. It makes you feel all warm and fluffy inside. But actually, I do feel like one of the movies that oddly I watch every year around Christmas time is Edward Scissorhands.
0: Okay, that's it's, interesting.
1: Yeah, because it's it's one of those movies that is it's got that whole spirit of friendship and all that sort of lovey doveyness, you know, without. And, like, you know, inclusiveness without ever being, like, campy or just... it has just, a bit
0: of snow as well.
1: It does. And it has all those, like, pretty bright lights that sort of, like, contrast with that bleak, you know, emo, Edward Scissorhands kind of vibe. I love it.
0: Wow. Well, there are quite a few Christmas films that aren't Christmas films. I mean, the big debate that seems to be going around at the moment on social media is that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Likewise, it's, there's Shane Black films that always set at Christmas time. So you have... Uh, Lethal Weapon, set at Christmas. Uh, you have Iron Man three, mm-hmm. also set at Christmas. You have Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, mm. a wonderful Christmas film. Actually, a wonderful film happens to be set at Christmas because they were always set in California. Uh, always check check those out because they are great films. But I wouldn't say the Christmassy. I'd have to say that a, a couple of Christmas films have always had an effect on me. Uh, well, one is Elf. When I first saw Elf. I hated that I liked it because it does give you the warm warm feels completely. Will Ferrell is very charming in it. I think...
1: I'm so surprised that, seriously, you are being super ungrinchy about this. You okay?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of films that kind of picture themselves as being too Christmassy, whether it's Christmas with the Cranks, Jingle All The Way, Four Christmases. You know, it's so, like, oh, what about Christmas... Elf is different. I think a key moment in a, in a proper Christmas film to work for this time of year is that there has to be that turning point, that transition mm. moment. And, you know, the granddaddy of all Christmas stories is Christmas Carol, mm. the Dickens thing with, yeah. or a Scrooge, as many <laughs> people know it. And in Elf is James Caan, who is essentially the Scrooge and has that learning moment. The guy who's forgotten all about his youth, forgotten the joy of what Christmas is. And yeah, that stuff, when it's done right, and it's really done well in health. But yeah, of course, Will Ferrell is great, especially his diet, which follows mine very closely. (laughs) The all-sugar candy canes syrup. Another one that I would also recommend is, if you're looking for something with a slight alternative bent, Bad Santa. Mm. It's also got that transitional moment, that turning point. Uh, Otherwise, it is... It's Billy Bob Thornton. as the most misanthropic guy in the world. (laughs) Okay, it's not one for all the family. I can tell you that. The amount of profanity in it. (laughs) The profanity, the awfulness, the misanthropy. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is a con man. And his partner poses centre and his little helper and they rob department stores and shopping malls at Christmas time. Christmas time. Uh, But then, somehow... This kid turns up, and he befriends this kid. Now, I I like Bad Santa because it's basically a misanthrope who then suddenly finds a a spark of humanity in him. Magic. Yes, and it's got Lauren Graham in it. It's quite fun. And, yeah, I mean, if you're you're a grown-up, you can try it. Don't try Bad Santa 2. Bad Santa 2 is a huge misstep. It should have been wonderful, but Bad Santa 2, no. Bad Santa, yeah.
1: I'll check it out, maybe tonight. If we're talking about alternative Christmas films that are not really Christmassy, I'll say watch Ice White Shirt.
0: Are you it's, sure about that? It's got that?
1: that whole magical, sort of like, masquerade, wintry kind of landscape. And it feels oddly festive, even though it's not really... I mean, it's got the whole wintry thing. Oh, so it's on are Esquire's you? list of top 40 Christmas films. Apparently. Wow. <laughs> well
0: someone's stretching there. I would never put Eyes Wide Shut in a list of Christmas films. Admittedly, it may well be set around the time. No, and it is cold you know, because it's, it's in winter. But
1: it's in Christmas time and it's got that whole sort of like sorting out family issues around Christmas. It's got that like smooth masquerade sort of you know, I don't know, fantasy kind of feel about it. I
0: Well, if you're a sociopath Maybe you'll enjoy Eyes Wide Shut too for Don't. Christmas. Something for all the family to sit around. Christmas Day, let's watch Eyes Wide Shut. Let's watch a marriage breakdown.
1: There's an orgy in it. <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. Don't. Fun for all the family. It's a really good movie.
0: Admittedly, it's a good film. And if you really want to go for the traditional side, you could try A Christmas Carol. With Alistair Sim, or there's one with uh, George C. Scott, that I think is a TV film. I think that kind of really disturbed me as a kid because there's some really scary bits in it. And then, of course, there's Muppet Christmas Carol, which with Michael Caine as Scrooge, quite joyful. It's a really nice take on it.
1: I feel like I need to catch up on all of these. Like, as a kid, I read A Christmas Carol at Christmas Time. So.
0: Well, you could also watch The Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe. I think there's a bit of Christmas in there, isn't there? I like that movie. Santa Claus saved the day in that. Father Christmas comes along and saves the day. Oh, I think, yeah, from from The White Witch, right? Something like that. Yeah. Snow Queen,
1: I think. But I like that one. It, It does feel Christmassy, too. See, another wintry landscape.
0: The wintry landscape helps things along no end. It's like songs at Christmas having sleigh bells in them. As long as you just had a bit of... Oh,
1: yeah. I hate it. Christmas songs give me a headache. Wow. You are infectious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's almost like we swap personalities.
1: I normally love Christmas.
0: Yeah. You're
1: actually being really festive about all of this. Yeah. It's weird. It makes me uncomfortable. Don't.
0: Actually, if you want to watch a film that will make you feel Christmassy, though it's not actually Christmas film, um, Paddington or Paddington Two.
1: Oh yeah, you keep talking about that one.
0: They have an element in it that is also very Christmassy because everyone comes together to help. I think that's that's the key thing of Christmas film. People coming together to help other people. Mm. And I think that is, oh, Lord, what's happened to me? This is awful. (laughs) People helping each other. (laughs) What's wrong?
1: Yeah, you're you're not feeling well. I don't think you should come into work tomorrow.
0: This is bad, man. I I shall have to watch The Princess Switch (laughs) again. To knock me out of feeling festive and just make hate the season again. Yep,
1: or Christmas Prince, trust me.
0: I might just have to watch that and just it, see how bad it is. It
1: reminds you how bad it is. Yeah. All this romance and love and friendship
0: and acceptingness. Oh, See, that's the thing. When a film really goes out to be Christmassy, it just doesn't come off. So if you look at things at Office Christmas Party, I'm just looking at the list on Netflix now, and all these things that you never touch any.
1: There's so many in a of them. year of
0: Christmases.
1: I think that's the problem. Like so many of these, yeah, it's it's selling the commercialized, inauthentic sort of Hollywood Christmases that just gets to me. I can't watch any of those. Yeah, which is why you know I kind of resort to things. That I'
0: everyone's like. concerned about putting the decorations up and say, oh, I've got to put the reindeer on the roof and have some comedy moment as I'm trying struggling to do that.
1: And every time a movie has a mistletoe reference, Ugh. I eat my foot.
0: That is a strange reaction. I usually just turn away and grumble or swear at the TV. Do join us again next time because we are going to be having our end of year review, in which we'll have a few other guests in. And just to blow your mind, can you believe that Black Panther was this year? No. Yeah. It
1: feels like eons Uh ago
0: just to give you a clue so anyway that's what we'll be doing not necessarily about Black Panther but that's what we'll be doing in the next episode a bit of a you know end of year thing and a bit of a look forward probably but until then do join us no until then (laughs) do join us anyway follow us around stalk us maybe and on that note this is where I'll say thank you very much Sue thank you although you're wrong about Aquaman And we shall say goodbye until the next Double Feature.
1: If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, leave us a review or comment. we will love to hear from you. And until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye.
0: That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your
1: feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstyles.com honest